father's table. An introspective look and conversation about our fathers and how they shaped our lives. Welcome to the Father's Table. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. Today I have a very special guest. Like I always say, all my guests are special. I have Drew Jackson, Drew Jackson, here with me today, um, joining us at the table where we're going to reflect on our fathers and our upbringing and how that shaped our lives. Uh, Drew was born in Williamstown, New Jersey. He studied political science at the University of Chicago and went to get his MA in theology from Fuller Theological Seminary. He serves as a pastor uh, of Hope East Village, a new church plant within uh, New York City family, the Hope Church New York City family, uh, whose mission is to bear the witness to the kingdom of God by seeking the flourishing of the East Village, the Lower East Side, and all of New York City. He's also the president of PAX, a nonprofit organization, and he is a father, uh, a wife, and uh, he has a wife, uh, Janae, and two twin daughters, or two daughters, mm-hmm. twins. Uh, Drew, thanks for joining us on the Father's Table, and thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me, Keith. It's good to be here. Oh, man, it's, it's great to have you. Um, this show, uh, I, I interview a lot of people. Some are Christians and some are not. Uh, and I, I, I truly find the, the stories about fathers, especially when it meets the Christian perspective, it's a very beautiful story. And um, I like to start off these shows um, the same, uh, where I ask you to close your eyes, take three deep breaths, and when you're done, tell me what comes to mind when you think about your father. Yeah, my father. Um, so the first word that comes to mind when I think about my father is the word generous. Mm-hmm. Okay. My my dad. So so. Yeah, I'm I'm the youngest of four four boys. Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, yeah. So when I think about my dad, though, it, my dad is the most giving person that I've encountered in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and he's just a person that he he finds joy in and being able to give of himself whatever he has to see to see somebody else have life like that's just that's just who he is um and he, he would say sometimes he does that to a fault you know what i mean mm-hmm. like <laughs> but but that's just who he is and and um and i've i've gotten to experience that um just through in my own life through being his youngest son and seeing him doing that over and over again for my brothers and then for me personally um He's just he's just a giving dude. <laughs> that's that's amazing uh thing that comes to mind. Um let's let's start here. Um how how did your mother and your father meet? Do, <laughs> do you know that story? I mean, I know I know bits and pieces of it. I know a little uh-huh. bit. So <laughs> so my mom um 
and for context, my mom, my mom passed away about seven and a half years ago. So she, sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so she, she was at the time was, uh, she was a model. Um, mm. and my dad worked in, uh, the car industry he worked for he wor- had worked for chrysler for a number of years um and then more recently had uh worked for mazda um, he's retired now but he actually was out at some function and they had at the function they had uh some modeling that was happening and um my my uh my dad was there with some of his friends some of his boys and um my mom, he, my mom was there. She saw him. They saw each other. And uh, <laughs> the way my mom tells it, she she was like, "Yeah, all, all of all of your dad's friends were trying to talk to me." Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> but your dad, you know how he is. He's real cool, and he was just playing it cool in the back. He wasn't trying to do nothing. He was just cool. and she said, and that caught my eye. I was like, I want to talk to him. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so <laughs> somehow they connected and. Um, next thing I know, my, um, my, uh, so my mom worked, she was at work one day and, um, I I don't know exactly how it went, but my, some of my dad, like they had been talking at some, like to some degree at that point, but, um, my dad, my dad showed up at the office and just surprised her and like, I don't know, it just kind of, kind of unfolded that way, but, um, Yeah, that's cool, man. That's a yeah, nice yeah. story. <laughs> Sounds like your your father is very intentional about your mother and oh yeah, his pursuits, yeah. which is cool. Um, so you said you're the youngest of four brothers. Yeah. Uh, so walk me through how life was, uh, with your father, how he managed a home. Um, I'm guessing they were you were all in the same house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, how was the relationship with him when you were young, elementary school age, very mm. young age, kind of observing life and how things work, that, that young toddler type of age? How how did you view your father and what was your relationship with him then, especially with having three older brothers? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> my father, like he he was someone who like, he was one of those dads that was like, I'm gonna try and be at every game that y'all that y'all have, um, and he really tried to do that. He tried to be show up and be present, but he also worked a lot. Um, and so, what did he do? He he worked at Chrysler, right? Yeah. So at that point, so when I when I was growing up, he owned his own dealership, like Dodge dealership. Um, oh, he's he's a like a business owner. Yeah, yeah. So okay. at that point, um, and so that that took a lot of time, and so. Um, you know, he, he had, yeah, he just had long hours early on. And, um, but one of the distinct memories that I have about my dad is that when I was about, hmm, let me see, I, I, I want to say I was in fifth grade. Um, he actually made the de- decision to sell his dealership. And the reason he made that decision is he said, I am away from my boys too much for this. Wow. So That's he, powerful. Sold, he sold his dealership because he wanted to be more present to us. And so, um, like, I, I remember that very distinctly and recognizing that, like, in order in order for him to actually be fully who he wanted to be as a father for us, there were things that he had to give up, um, mm. he had to sacrifice. And so, um, 
that made an impression on me early on. Um, and, um, you know, it was never, I, I never had the, the thought like, oh, dad's not around enough or he's that like, uh, but, but there was a difference once he did make that decision, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and so, um, but he took up other, he took up other means of work, but so he was around a lot more. He was around more because he ended up working for, he took a job with Mazda. That was, it was, it was just different when you're not owning your own dealership, um, mm. a different level of time that you're putting in. Um, right. Yeah. Got you. Got you. So that, so that happened when you were younger. Yeah. Um, so take me through like middle school, um, that age of getting a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, how was his uh, interactions with you then? And just around the house in general, I'm sure boys could be very wild. I have one myself. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I noticed a difference when he's with me and when he's just with his mom. Yeah. I mean, no knock against my wife. She does a, a great job. But it's just uh, this difference in energy, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. So how, how did your dad balance that um, when he, when you know, when he's around more and you were older, your brothers were older, how, how did he operate around that time in your life? Yeah, so middle school, I mean, I, that was, so around that age, like it was just me and my brother, my brother Devin. So he's a year and a half older than me in the house. Um, my older two brothers had, had left already. Um, and so, um, my, my dad was, it was, uh, I mean, he was, he was always super supportive, always trying to, you know, trying to be there. I mean, honestly, both of us, we were growing up, we were very much mama's boys, like all four of us, just mm -hmm. like, and, and I think that in a house where like, it's all boys and like mom is like the queen, it's just, there's sort of just this like, but the thing about my dad is like, he cultivated that. And so like, he was always very intentional about like both verbally talking to us about how, how we relate to and treat to our mother, but also the way that he modeled it for us. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, he was just, that was something like, I really saw during, during like those middle school years where, um, I mean, they were, he was just intentional about his relationship with my mom. And, mm -hmm. and I think that, uh, kind of as I got older and even talking to him, to him about that and talking to both my parents about their relationship, one of the things that they always said was that like the best, one of the best things that you can do for your kids, my dad would say, best thing you can do for your kids is to love your wife. Well, you know, mm -hmm. um, because that's what they see. They're going right. to, they're going to, they're going to watch that. They're going to observe that. And so, um, and so I, you know, as I got into middle school, that was something that like, I actually started to take note of. I started to, mm -hmm. I started to pick up on that. And, um, and uh, yeah, so I think that's one of the, the middle school things that like the, during those years makes an impression on me about my dad is just really starting to take notice of the way that he loves my mom, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. And I, I like that you, you brought that up uh, just to transition into another area about relationships so in middle school um transitioning into high school i started to get more into relationships mm -hmm. you know liking girls and interested in her and things like that um how how was your dad vocal in how to transition into relationships you know the whole girlfriend boyfriend yeah. thing 
uh, how, because it seems like he honored your mother. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, did you take those principles and try to apply it to different women, like at yeah. a young age, like in high school and stuff? <laughs> um, so my like my dad, my dad. I mean, even to this day, he's not he's not like the most vocal person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like it, it, we weren't the type to sit down and have two hour long conversations about stuff. Like he would he would talk to us about stuff. Um, but the, the one, like my mom was actually the one who was like, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a talk for two hours about something like that. That was sort of the role she, she filled. Um, but I think like my dad wasn't when, when he needed to talk to us about something, even like, especially in terms of relationship stuff, um, he would do it. He would pull us aside. We would sit down for a second and talk through things. And, and part of it is like. Go, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say ahead. part of that and to just give some context to that is like, you know, um, so like I'm like my oldest brother. So I'm like at the time, right, I'm, let's see, eight, nine at the time. And my brother's about 10 years older than me. And so my, my oldest brother had a kid at that time. And, mm-hmm. and so even just at that point, kind of talking to the, the two younger ones, my dad and my mom talking to the two younger ones about like, okay, you know, your brother's 18. He just had a kid. Like, let's talk about this. You know what I mean? And, and just, okay. just, just like trying to help us understand what's happening with him. And like, how do we, how do we process that, you know, mm-hmm. um, in terms of our relationships. And, um, and so I thought that uh, we, we didn't, yeah, it's like, we didn't, we didn't sit down and have like a whole bunch of discussions, but he, he, he tried to be vocal about it, but it was more the principles that I observed and picked up on right. was important for me. Um, and I ain't going to say that I nailed it early on. Like, you know I mean, <laughs> like I had, I, I yeah, I mean, there was yeah. a, lot, there was a lot, a lot of learning to do. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. Father's. Now, I don't know when your father was born, but it just seems as though maybe the generation of men before us didn't talk much. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they talked, but it wasn't as as much as I guess we would talk today. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, and I think um, when I do some digging on my family, it's like the men spoke even less before that. So Same. It's, it's just really interesting how that plays into our upbringing. Um, where it's like, okay, dad, what about this? And it's like, oh, I got a little bit of words for that. It's like, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I remember the sex talk with my dad. It wasn't long. Yeah. And I don't even, and it, I don't think it was even in depth either. It was like, don't do this or this. <laughs> and it was just like, all right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, that, that was it. I think, um, it's, I think it's interesting, man. Cause even as I go, you talk about going into your own family history and learning more about, you know, the fathers. Uh, and and right. so like my, my grandfather, my dad's father, um, you know, he similarly like didn't talk a ton uh, in particular, like he, so he grew up in, in South Carolina, uh, mm-hmm. Edison, South Carolina. And so he was like, like specifically, even when it, it you know, when it came to stuff around um, just racial injustice, stuff mm-hmm. that was happening in the country. Like he, he, my dad would tell me that like, one, he would never talk about it. And two, he would like, 
if something came on the news, he would get angry and shut it off. Mm. And, and because of some of the stuff that he saw and experienced growing up in South Carolina in the twenties and thirties, like he, he just, he was just like, I'm not going to talk. And so, and so I even think about that and think about like the, the ways that my, my dad, my dad was, he's not a, he's not a very, he's not a person that does conflict. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't, I didn't like my dad, there were very few times in my life where I've seen my dad angry, like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and I recognize that in some hands, like I, I've gained a lot from that, but I also have had a steep learning curve in learning how to do conflict well, because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't taught like, okay, this is how you engage in a healthy conflict in a healthy way. That's a really you know? good point. You just, you just helped me think about some stuff with my dad. Uh, but go ahead and finish. Yeah, yeah. But just, just seeing the ways that that manifests itself in my own life too, um, of of being a person that when it comes to conflict, I am I'm not a person. I'm a person who who wants to disengage or wants to smooth things over or make peace as fastly as quickly as possible. Um, and 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 sometimes in the process you do harm because you're, it's like. I'm actually trying to maintain a false peace instead of actually trying to do the work of actually cultivating real peace and having yeah, the yeah, conversations, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, um, but I also realized that like, yeah, that's, that's also something that I picked up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're absolutely right. I, my father was the same way. I don't recall yeah. him getting upset. Yeah. Other than when we were getting in trouble. Yeah. That's when yeah. I would see him get upset. <laughs> But like when he would be out, yeah. he was really like a happy guy. Yeah. He would I don't recall him getting really mad at anybody or just blowing up. Uh that wasn't his type of uh you know, style. But with that being said, like you said, it's it's like you you kind of remember him being passive, so you so you yourself don't like dealing with conflict. So mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, I'd rather not get into it. Yeah. But as I'm matured, I'm like there's a way you can deal with conflict and still be loving yeah. and still speak the truth yep. and still not get angry. Well, um, and, and, and I think part of that is too, like, you know, whether, and for me, I think it was, you know, not, it wasn't conscious. It wasn't something that was, you know, but I picked up on anger is a bad emotion. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've always had a hard time accessing my anger, that emotion, like, what is that? And re- really being honest about like, okay, I'm angry right now. And mm-hmm. but how do I engage that in a healthy way? Like, you know, right. I've had a hard time doing that. And that's something that I have had to learn to, to be like, you know what? Anger is actually an emotion that is trying to tell me something mm-hmm. that, that's going on deeper that I actually need to pay attention to so that I can, mm-hmm. so that I can tend to what's going on underneath the surface. Right. Like yeah. anger is typically a surface emotion that's mm-hmm. usually connected to something deeper, like sadness or something like disappointment or something. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. it's how do I pay attention to my anger so that it can take me to what's actually going on? Um, mm-hmm. and, but I was never really taught how to do that. It was just, OK, let me stay away from anger. Let me let me get away from that because it communicates something bad. And I think, too, right. even even and I'll add to that, too. And I know like. We're talking particularly about fathers, but I think this this matters because, um, right? I learned I learned what it means to be a black man in America from my father too. You know, like part of that. Mm-hmm. And I think even just the dial back your anger as a black man, sort of, thing, mm, yeah, something that you it's survival. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you gotta, and so you pick up on those things too. And so it's like for me, 
anger, I got to stay away from that because it's not going to turn out good for me. You know? Got you. Yeah. Got you. That, that, that makes sense. That That's a really good perspective on watching your father, you being black. You're yeah. seeing this older black figure that looks like you, yeah. not just by skin tone, but yeah. just fe- facial yeah, features. Exactly. <laughs> so how does this man navigate through life in yeah. this world yeah. and in this country? Um, and that and that that speaks volumes as well because mm-hmm. the kids will pick up on it like you just mentioned. Um, and staying with anger a little bit, um, how did your father react to the news of your older brother? Because <laughs> I know eighteen, yeah, I was about to go to college, but I was still a child. Yeah, I mean, I might have thought I was grown, but yeah. you know, you, you think you're independent, but yep. just realize when you get older, you didn't know much at eighteen, <laughs> but. Uh, how did he react to that? How did you see him? Uh, you know, what was his reaction? How? Did, what was his like uh, attitude yeah. with that? Well, part it's hard because it was it was coupled with it was like mixed with a lot of other things that were going on with my brother. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of just it's just sort of like a, a, a relationship that had a lot of turmoil in it um, with my oldest brother, and so it was like, and so it's I think it would be easier for me to speak to how I saw my father navigate all of that with this news sort of in it. But um, I think that like, so it was one of the few times that I've seen my dad get angry and, or or to to say to this, one of the few times that I've seen my parents argue Mm. was in relation to my oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Right. And something and I don't even remember all the details of that specific, but um, it was more so like, how do you deal with how do you how watching my parents deal with um, one of their sons that was like they, they and even for them to, to disagree on, like, what's the best approach? How are we going to do mm-hmm. this? How are we going to um, and. Uh, you know. It, it was. He tried to. He tried to keep it. He tried to keep it pretty, like with us at least. I didn't see much up and down with him when it mm-hmm. came to my oldest brother, um, but particularly, there were a few times where my oldest brother and my mom got into it a little bit, arguing, mm-hmm. and that's when I that's when I would see my dad like step step in and and really you know um, yeah, and so. Um, but it was more, I think, trying to navigate how to walk with my mom through a lot of the stuff that she was wrestling with as a mother um, mm-hmm. in relation to my my oldest brother. Uh, you know, just sadness that she was feeling, frustration that she was experiencing, even just kind of like, you know, what did I what did I do? Where did I do something wrong? You know, all of those things, and so, and trying to see like watch my dad walk with her through those things um, mm-hmm. was probably the some of the most vulnerable that I've seen my dad, both that that period of time, I got to see more of him in terms of walking with my mom and uh, when she got sick, that was another time of just like, I, I saw I saw a whole different side of my dad at that point. And we can talk about mm-hmm. that too, but um, yeah, yeah. Wow, man. This is Sharon. And, and as you were saying that, I'm just thinking about how fathers 
where, uh, especially, well, you could say if, even if you're with the mother or not with the mother, the father still has to wear two hats because he has to demonstrate a relationship with the mother of your children, mm-hmm. of the children, and a, a relationship with the children yeah. themselves. Yeah. And and if you're you know married, you have to show like like a dual type of relationship. Yeah. Because I know being married, I'm still pretty young in the game, but it's like. Well, I was like two hats because I still have to be a husband. Yep. So I can't just say, uh, let me put that down somewhere yeah. and just be a full on father. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. And you can't just say, let me forget the child because, you know, the child is very needy. Mm-hmm. So you just, <laughs> so it's really, it, it's really a challenge. It's a good challenge to, to navigate uh, two relationships, um, you know, disciplining the kids, trying to teach them the right way. Then your know, wife still has mm-hmm. needs or emotional things you got to connect with her with, so it, it's just like back and forth. Mm-hmm. It can be stressful, um, but I mean, I you know, for the for those listening, my my anchor uh, res- uh, just resides in, in God, mm-hmm. so that that's what centers me mm-hmm. to to do what I'm doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I didn't have Him, um, mm. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably I mean, gave up a long time. Well, and, to, and even to that point, like one of the things that one of the the fond memories that I have of my dad is in our house we have a there's a corner where where they my parents had a picture like and this was as we got a little older obviously but like they would have our graduation pictures up in the corner mm-hmm. and like I remember every morning my dad sitting on the couch and looking at that corner. And he would pray over us every morning as he's looking at those pictures. Oh, right? wow. And so, like, you, you pick up on those things. You pick up on, like, oh, I, I, even though my dad, even though we're not sitting down and having these conversations every day, like, those mornings where I come down and I sit next to my dad and he's sitting there with his, with his Bible open and praying over his sons, like, mm-hmm. those are the things that stick with you and that form you. Or when, I'm, when I was younger, Every Saturday morning, my dad my dad had helped start a men's prayer group that went for, I mean, literally, I believe, and he t- I just talked to him about this. It is, he's since moved away, but that's that men's prayer group that he started has, is still meeting every Saturday morning, and I'm it's been twenty five years. You know oh I mean? wow! And so that's amazing. This, this is what they would do. I mean, and so as as a young as a young black kid, right to see to see 20, 25 black men downstairs at five in the morning, just praying together. It was just like, like, so those are the the sorts of things that just stick with you. And they're like, Oh man, you know, um, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so moving forward a little bit. So high school graduation, um, and to, into college. Yep. Um, so it sounds like your dad was definitely present at your graduation from high school. Yes. Um, you move, you go to college. Uh, describe to me your relationship when you, you know, college, you know, those listening to this that are thinking about going to college uh, or a freshman in college, it is a very big transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, your comfort zone is shaken. I would say, to t- depending on what college you go to, the temptation 
is just really high. Yeah. I went to Delaware State University and okay. uh it was the it was just uh <laughs> completely different than Pensacola, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. and um everything was different. And I was it was tough for me to fit in and make friends, uh, which is what I think now that I look back at it. I don't know if that was a bad thing anymore. Um, mm. I used to think it was a bad thing. Oh, I'm not fitting in. But now I'm like, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe it's something that I didn't need to fit into. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so how was that transition for you? And, and was your father vocal around that time? And how was your relationship then? Yeah. Um, we talked from time to time. Just, uh, you know, a lot of what I picked up from my dad, though, at that point was was – a sense there was a sense in which like and and I learned this from from both my parents that once you what like with your kids there comes a point where you gotta where you gotta release and trust you know what mm-hmm. I mean where you gotta trust um you gotta trust God with them you gotta trust the 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 work that you've put in over the years that like as they're going away and they're not under your house every day um they're they're they gotta they're going to go through some stuff right they're gonna go they're gonna face some things um but there's also like you know what is what are the things that we've deposited in them you know um mm-hmm. my dad would actually just remind me of some of that that stuff more so mm-hmm. than like like and I would have questions and we would talk and um and so I guess like in college we, there was a little more uh conversation that was happening but uh not not a ton but uh but i i do remember you know just the talks like like my dad driving me to school and you know we drove up from atlanta to chicago it's what you know 12 hours and just sitting in the car together and that's cool man or or dry or him coming up with you know when i moved uh apartments him coming up and helping us move and you know meeting my roommates and stuff like that and just being around and being present um and uh uh, so he was just that constant. He was a very he's he's been a very constant in my life, right? Mm, Whether we're talking good. every day or not, it's just mm. like I know that if I hit my dad up, he's gonna be there. And if mm. I and if I'm in if I'm like if I need if I'm in need, he's gonna be like, all right, I got you. Whatever I can do, I'm gonna be there. Like and just I think even just to have someone who you know is there, um, it's just a it does something to you, you know, mm. and. Uh, yeah. I have a question. So the thing about it is your father being very constant, you guys talked a lot. Did, was there anything that you kept from your father? Like, for instance, I didn't tell my parent, or especially my dad, that I was in college while and out. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but, you know, is how do I put this? Yeah. Looking back on it, and I would want my children to tell me things yeah. uh, or, or questions, but I kept it from them because I knew it was not how they raised us to, yeah. to, to act. And it would be probably shameful to, to say those things. And I didn't want to hear what they had to say. Yeah. Um, how, and, but that was kind of the relationship my, me and my father had. I wish it was, it would have been a little different Yeah. where, you know, if I were to come to him with something, it would be more of a teaching moment and even myself, I could be more comfortable coming to him yeah. with something. Yeah. Um, 
So I, what I'm asking you is, did you have a relationship where you would keep things from your father, like, um, you know, get into foolishness at school, or were you open about a lot of different things? Nah, I mean, we did. Yeah, I would keep a lot. I would definitely keep a lot, and and it wasn't. I feel like it was more out of my dad wouldn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, you know, my, I don't think my dad asked either. No, he wouldn't even. Ask. And, and and so I wonder, like, part of me wonders, like, how would I be if my dad would, would ask about it? You know what I mean? Like, if, right, he, right. If he was like, "Hey, what's going on?" Like, but he didn't. And so, um, and do you think that's more of the father's responsibility? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think maybe the father should ask. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I think there's 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 some intentionality behind that, like cultivating that relationship over the years and. Um, you know, asking about it and being, you know, even, even if I still kept it from him. Yeah. Yeah. Asking, yeah. you know, um, at least I, I mean, asked you about it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but, but I think like, you know, in the, the few times where like my dad found something out or something like that, you know, um, there, <laughs> you know, there, there would be like, all right, we'll have a talk about it. But like, you know, just, <laughs> I remember it, this wasn't even me. This was my brother. I, <laughs> but I remember having a conversation with my brother about something, and him saying, "Him saying, listen, if you if it was your mom that found this out, it would be a different conversation right now." Like, mm, yeah, 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 you know. Just, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, so there was, yeah, so it wasn't like I, I didn't feel like I was intentionally keeping stuff from him, but he also didn't ask about it. So I wasn't like going out of my way to be like, it'll pop this happen. You know, with my, with my father, I didn't ask either. It was, um, I mean, he didn't ask either. It was like a don't ask, don't tell. And I don't think, I think I kept, a, I kept a lot away from my, my family, but I don't remember anyone asking me either of, Hey, you know, you're at Delaware state, you know, mm. you're a handsome guy. Are you okay? You know what happens at college. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a really interesting point. So you you go to seminary, um, and you get your degree in theology. Yeah. Uh, now, was your father a pastor? No. You know, but it sounds like your mother and your father were both Christians. Yes. Yeah, they were. Um, and so we, I mean, we came up. We came up in church. I is just kind of part of part of our lives um but you, you know both my parents were very intentional about like listen you this is something you need to develop on your own you know you mm -hmm. need to they, they had to talk with you about that oh yeah yeah oh that's yeah. powerful man that's yeah, good yeah. you know you can't they was they would say you can't you can't live off our faith mm -hmm. you know you know so um mm -mm. i think that happens a lot too when it i does. talk to people it does i say hey man you know about this and that and it's it's not just with Christianity. It's it's any it's anything. anything. It's like you know, do you know about this? Oh, you know, I grew up. My parents are Buddhist. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, would it, would it, tell me about it. Ah, I really don't know. It's just yeah. like, well, okay, you know. Yeah. So that that of like learning has to be done, mm -hmm. um, and you have to make it your own. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, a lot of uh, people are probably just on like cruise control. And they don't go uh, the next level to what mm -hmm. their parents provided for them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that speaks volumes about a lot of areas in life. But go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and but, you know, for me, like it was there was this sort of. You know, I felt a sense of calling into ministry when I was 11 years old. OK. And I and so I, I sort of I I didn't I tucked that back in my head somewhere. And I was I was like, all right, maybe someday I'll do that. Um, and when I got to college, I actually was planning, I was planning on going to law school. Like that was my, that was my trajectory. Um, but God did some other things with that. And, uh, but my dad, I think was, was just very, I, I think for me, it was more seeing what, like the significance of faith in his life that was like, oh, it, I, I, when you when you see it like real and active and it actually means something in somebody's life and mm-hmm. it, it informs the way that he treats me and he loves my mom and he's interacting with people and the things that and even the things that I hear people who aren't a part of my family saying about my dad mm-hmm. it's just like oh this is real for him outside of yep you know what I mean it, it, it's it's real and so and that could do that could do wonders for someone's life. It can do wonders, and and so even like I said at the beginning that the the word generosity comes up for me when I think of my dad, um, and I can remember very distinctly, uh, I walked into my parents' closet one day, and I saw a pair of my dad's shoes on the, you know, sitting there, and there was a big there was a hole in the bottom of the shoe. Mm-hmm. I picked it up, and I'm just looking at this thing. And my mom saw me, like she saw me, like, and she, uh, she, she looked at me, and she was just like, she was like, yeah, um, it's cause, it's cause your dad loves y'all, right? And he would, he would rather, he would rather, if it meant him going without for a time, going without getting a new pair of shoes so that he could get y'all some stuff, that's what he's gonna do. Um, and just the way that I saw him, like lived that out you just live out this sort of like oh i don't like this stuff about you know the sacrificial love of god um wasn't just like something i'm re- something he read about in the bible somewhere but it's something that he was embodying in his own life toward his own children mm. and um, i just there were just those moments like that that like even so as, as i was going into seminary and thinking about this journey that was ahead even though my my you know my parents weren't like in ministry, um, their their whole lives were lives that were like ministry of service to other people, of love of God and love of people, just seeing that coming through in their lives. And so um, I was like, you know, yeah, that's something I want to be about. And and um, it was it was something they allowed me to go on my own journey and ask my own questions and not feel like, you know, just because you came up in this, you can't ask questions. Like, no, at, explore. Like, we we can trust God enough with you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can ask your questions. You know, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah that that's a powerful man. It, it's yeah. that demonstration, and that's something that's really been laid on my heart. Yeah. Especially being a father, you have to demonstrate your faith uh, gotta, to the kids. Got to be seen. You, it's got to be seen. You can't just talk it. Um, yeah. Because what happens is. A lot of times, and this is my speculation, I think kids that grow up with Christian parents or whatever, sometimes it's very hypocritical 
Mm-hmm. So kids can see one thing on Sunday and then something else throughout the week. Yeah. And they'll probably think it's all fake or this is just how it is. Yeah. But I think if you see that consistent demonstration of it, it's like, why, you know, my, you know, my dad is the real deal. And yeah. it, it will inspire you to be like, you know, I, I, I want to be like this, you know? Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's really, um, powerful that you had a father that lived that demonstration mm-hmm. to um, you guys. And just to segue into this a little bit, you're a pastor. Your father wasn't a pastor. You went mm-hmm. to seminary. Mm-hmm. You grew up in a Christian home. Let me ask you this. I've heard this, and maybe you could give me some insight on this. Yeah. I heard that they call seminary cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> do yeah, you yeah. do you know why that is, or can you give me your uh, uh, just two cents on why that is? Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, I think people mean different things when they say it, but I think I because I used to hear the same thing, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think there's a a and it's not a fall a completely false perception either but that you know when you go to seminary your faith you know faith becomes about acquiring more knowledge mm. right and um and so it's like it, it, is it now it's just this all this head knowledge that i have but is my faith actually alive and vibrant or not mm-hmm. you know what i mean is this real for me or is it just a bunch of book knowledge that i now have you know mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's one thing. I think another area of it, though, is that like a lot of times when folks go to seminaries, um, and not not all the time. It depends where they go, but like there's a there's a there's a sort of deconstruction process that has to hap- that that happens at seminary where mm-hmm. where like you come in with this faith that you were given, and then a lot of that's like deconstructed, and there's a relearning of things that has to happen, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, when you talk to people that are in seminary, they're they're sort of in this this space of like, yo, I'm reprocessing a whole lot of stuff that I learned growing up. That I'm like, is this even real? Is this even it? Is this like so? There's this whole thing that like that happens too, you know? What, what, why do they do that? I don't understand. What's the point? Well, like, why why would you try to shatter someone's faith? And and. I mean, not to go off topic, but <laughs> I just don't understand it. Why Why would you shatter someone's faith and then try to build back? It's, yeah. Because it, to me, it sounds like this, and you could probably jump in. Yeah. It sounds like colleges probably do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You come in with all this stuff you know or you, you bring to the table. Yeah. This college or these courses shatter that, and – I'm thinking, is it an indoctrination press process that takes place mm-hmm. of this is what you need to know? Mm-hmm. Is that what happens or? Well, I, I can only speak, I can speak to my experience <laughs> in that. And for me, it wasn't so much like, it was more of when you, you, you actually, so I started to get, I started to get exposed to like even different, different traditions, like different Christian traditions outside of the one that I grew up in. And learning that, like, oh, oh, like there are other people who are like followers of Jesus who didn't come up in the same tradition that I did. Right. That, 
there's different ways of interpreting and engaging and things like that. And now I'm, I'm sitting in class with them. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. not, you know what I mean? And so like, we're, we're students together and we're learning together and we're asking questions and we're doing this together. And so it wasn't so much that like, and, and for me, like I didn't grow up reading any, any sort of, you know, church history or anything right. like that. And now I'm reading stuff and I'm just like, Oh, there's just like more that I didn't know or process at all. And so it's, it wasn't so much like, Oh, we're trying to intentionally shatter your faith. But I think when you start to, read more and start to there's just this journey that you go on and i think the like people inter people interact with it differently some people like for me it wasn't like shattering of my faith it actually strengthened my faith mm-hmm. in a way and it, it really helped me um but i know for some people it's like i don't even know what this is anymore you know <laughs> it, it happens and, and it's just real and like um I can see how someone could get confused. I, I I think I've been down there. I've done my own sort yeah. of self-seminary. And it, I'm just things, like... One of the things that helped me was when I went, before I went into seminary, my mom said to me, she said, you know, when you go in, like by the time you come out, you should be closer to, you know, um, what it says, what it says, it, you know, Isaiah says when he says, you know, um, you know, when he talks about, you know, the, the, the mystery of God, that God is like mystery that God and like, who am I that I can try to attain the knowledge of this God? Like I'm reaching after it, but like, man, this is so big. Or, or like Paul, when Paul says like, you know, the, oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are God's judgments, how unfathomable are God's ways. And like, she was like, you should be closer to that mystery and all more than coming to a place of like, oh, I know everything when mm-hmm. you know. And so like, don't, even though you're going to get your masters of theology, masters of divinity, don't come out thinking you've mastered divinity. Like, oh, I'm not thinking that you're, you're, you know, you're more in awe of the mystery. And so that helped me even in, even how I engaged in stuff that was coming at me that like, oh, this isn't, I'm not coming out as an expert. I'm coming out more as like someone who was more in all of this mystery Oh yeah, that, you know, it's a good so, perspective. Yeah. That that was helpful for me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, just this winding down. Uh, talk about your your mother a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You said your mother passed away. How yeah. how did she pass away? So she uh, cancer, breast yeah. cancer. Yeah, sorry to hear that, man. Um, and you said you saw a, sh- a change in your father at that time. So walk me through your father mm. and observing him process like the loss of a loved one yeah um over a long period of time of marriage yep in him caring for her how did that how how was he and how did that shape your view of him in your life yeah so they were married let's see they were going on 33 years i believe Hmm. um when she passed and um you know, cause it was, it was quite a, a journey with cancer. Um, but seeing my dad walk with her through just all the stuff, all the treatments, all the, um, and like when she find like when she had to have surgery, like, you know, him being the one to like, you know, 
care for her wounds and, you know, just mm. tenderness. I saw tenderness that came out in him um, that I didn't, like, it, I didn't see in the same way. Like, it was there, you know what I mean? But, like, it came to the surface in a different way. I saw, like, I had never been, been just seen my dad weep mm-hmm. until then, you know? Mm. Like, and, and seeing that side of him and just having, like, hold like you know what I mean just holding my dad yeah and we, you know what I mean like and the, and then having and, and it's it's crazy because I, I you know I can't even imagine what this is like but to go through it you're losing your wife but you're also still con- you're, you're also still consoling your sons who losing or are, are losing their mom you know what I mean and so like he's being he's playing both like and I, and I, what I appreciate about my dad is that he didn't try and go through this and just be like, I'm good. You know, like he, he allowed himself to cry. He allowed himself to be vulnerable. Um, and that gave us permission. That gave us permission to be real about like how hard this actually was and not feel like, oh, I just got to be strong for everybody. Like, no, like this is mom. You know what I mean? And so um, I, I really just seeing that in him um, and even just, uh since she's passed so my dad my dad did end up getting remarried and um you know it's been and even that sort of just been a whole journey too of just like you know it's a whole like it's a whole new thing it's just a and and we're i think even still now we're still all like adjusting to yeah the new how long thing. has it been newly remarried so let's see um how to get married Three years ago, I want to say. Oh, so fairly new. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been about that. Um, You're hearing the background noise of of New York City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is a a remote episode. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, that okay. That's that's powerful. It it sounds like what I'm hearing is your father's a very powerful, reserved, loving sincere man um that cared deeply for his wife and his children and showed his faith by demonstration um yeah that that's that's great and and that that does wonders for for children mm-hmm. uh, just to close it here in your summation being a pastor counseling different people growing up going through life what do you think is a big problem in just for men and fatherhood and why do you think it's such a big wound what do you think is going on with that yep i think you know i think there's a lot of different things we could say um but as i think about this i would say that one of the biggest issues is that a lot of men have not attended to their own woundedness Mm. um and don't realize that they are operating out of their woundedness um and so when you, one of the big, like being a father now myself, um, I, I have, you know, six-year-olds, they just turned six, um, twin girls. I mean, I, I can't, some of the most important work that you can do as a father is the inner work <laughs> of, yeah. on yeah. the surface of your own life and, and recognizing like, what are the wounds that I carry from childhood? You know, um, and it's not to say that, like, if I address those, then, then like, my my children are going to grow up without wounds. Like, I think you got to release that, too, of just, like, 
you're probably you're going to wound your children to some extent, even mm -hmm. if it's unintentional, just through just through the fact of our humanity. You know what I mean? Like, but there is a I think there's a grace to say that how what does it look like for me to 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 be open and do the work of healing in my uh you know in my own life and let you know let whether that's saying you know what I actually it's okay for me to need some counseling you know mm -hmm. like I, I need that that's not that's not a taboo thing um but but for the sake of loving well for the sake of loving my wife well loving my children well and understanding like oh okay my my tendency to want to avoid conflict at all costs that comes from somewhere. Mm. Um, so what does it look like for me to actually do the hard work of looking at that and going underneath the surface of that and attending to that so that the thing that th those areas of, of my own woundedness, I'm not just passing those on to my children without realizing that that's happening, you know, gotcha. um, or, or, or operating out of those and hurting my kids out of my own woundedness. So I, I would say that um, a lot of a lot of men, when they become fathers, um, we aren't, we, we haven't been given the tools of like paying attention to our own inner life. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's one of the most important things that we can do as fathers is to learn to pay attention to who we are, um, mm -hmm. and to not just operate and just react and move out of things, but like, slow down, yeah. You know, as someone who's a person of faith and believes in God, like let God into that space. Right. Let God go underneath the surface and do some excavating work. Mm -hmm. And it's hard work because it's painful because a lot of us don't want to look at the wounds that we carry because mm -hmm. bring up a lot. Um, but I do believe that you you don't in order for us to be healed, we have to go into our wounds. We can't we can't look away from them. We got to look at them, you know, mm -hmm. go through them and be brought through new life on the other side of that. And oh, so, yeah. So I, I think that that's some of the some of the most important work we can do as fathers. Oh, man. Thank, thanks uh, for sharing that, man. As you were saying that, I was just thinking about that whole um, this is why a confession is is very important. Yeah. Uh, those listening, because you can it's like a way you're just confessing it and releasing it yeah. and admitting it. It's like, look, I I messed up. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it, it releases a, a so much weight off of you because you're yeah. not living a lie anymore. You're not yeah. pretending. And, and, there's um, a, and there's a self-awareness that, that needs to come too. a lot of us yeah. just don't know. We're not self-aware. Mm -hmm. And when you're not self-aware, you act out of <laughs> you, yeah. you just operate out of these false notions of who you are. And mm -hmm. I think that's really important to grow in that self-awareness, not just for the sake of knowing, but for the sake of healing. Yeah. 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 Well, Drew, man, thank you so much for, for, for taking time out of your day. Absolutely, uh, I just, you know, is there any last words you want to share? Anything you want to promote? Is there uh, a website or a, a place where people get in touch with you and the ministry? Uh, you could just share it and close us out. Yeah. I mean, if you want to track along with what we're doing in ministry, uh, you can follow uh, our church over on uh, our Instagram page, Hope East Village, or check us out on YouTube, just Hope East Village. Um, and if you want to follow along with some of the work that we're doing, um, some of the nonprofit work that I'm doing with the PAX organization that was mentioned earlier, which is just about peacemaking and justice in the world and what it looks like to be engaged in that work. Um, if you go to Made, Made for PAX on Instagram, you can follow us along 
there or check out the website madeforpacks.org. But yeah, I uh, really appreciate what you're doing here, Keith. And these conversations are beautiful. They're important. Um, so thanks for having me on. Father's Table, an introspective look and conversation about our fathers and how they shaped our lives.